For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Marcus Thompson, who covers the Golden State Warriors for The Athletic, about Steph Curry's record-breaking performance on Tuesday night at Madison Square Garden, where he passed Ray Allen for the all-time lead in NBA three-pointers. Steph owns just about every three-point record now that there is to hold, except for 15 made three-pointers in one NBA game. And to do so, he would have to talk Clay Thompson, his very own teammate. All things we can talk about with Marcus Thompson, who joins me next. Today is Monday, December 20th. Always good talking Warrior basketball with Marcus Thompson, senior writer for The Athletic. Marcus, this was it, man. This is the point in the season we'd been waiting for. We knew it was a foregone conclusion. It would happen this year. Steph Curry becomes the all-time three-point king. Let me ask you this just sort of as a, a sort of funny, cynical side note. Should we have been celebrating it when he made, became the all-time three-point leader with postseason three-pointers included? I've always felt like that's something that should be included in, in the total. What are your thoughts on that, man? And, uh, and good to talk to you. No, that's not fair. We got to be fair about this, you know. What about all the great shooters who didn't make the playoffs? You know, why should we slack them? Should it be a credit to Steph that he was on a super team and got like a hundred extra games? Meanwhile, Mark Price didn't get all those games. Like, <laughs> it is kind of weird, right? I've always, I've always thought that was weird. Like, he's already made the most three pointers ever, but he just hadn't made the most in the regular season. But <laughs> right, right, it's actually like that in every sport, right? Barry Bonds' home run record don't, doesn't count in the postseasons, you know. So, you know what it does? Like, it provides the moment when you know it's coming. Can you imagine if the record was based on playoffs two and a guy was like three away, but his team was trash and never made the playoffs <laughs> ever again, right? <laughs> or it's the opposite of like relegation in soccer where maybe a team makes an extra push at the end of the season to get the guy who's retiring up to the playoffs absolutely to get him in right and do it, yeah right? it's funny yeah create a couple more that's hilarious actually <laughs> so you mentioned barry bonds and it was cool to see him on nbc sports bay area after the game uh, on wednesday night talking about the record and we've mentioned him i think in the same voice as steph for a couple of years now just because last year the whole thing with him was anytime he steps on the floor it's can't miss tv it's like when he didn't have the whole supporting cast around him uh, after the 15-win season, it was even more incredible to see him come back fresh last year. Is that the perfect comp, you think? Is that the right comp for Bay Area lore, for the record-breaking uh, type of career he's had? I mean, obviously, he's got championships, Bonds doesn't, but is that the sort of player you'd compare him to, or is there somebody else you have in mind? I tend to think Jerry Rice, but definitely Barry makes a lot of sense. So Barry, like every time he stepped to the plate, it was like, like you no matter what you were doing you had to stop but it came in these like kind of spurts right like you could like not pay attention to the rest of the game and then somebody all right bonds is up and then now you can like go focus on the tv steph like is on the court the whole game but every now and then you get this kind of spurt where he does his thing and and that kind of reminds me of jerry rice just because like he's gonna run a bunch of routes but you know 10 times, 12 times, right? You know, he's got to catch the ball and it's going to be a potential for something crazy. Watching Steph reminds me of when I was watching Jerry Rice. You really can't leave the game (laughs) because, you know, this dude might, he might do something and you just never know when it's coming. So the Bonds part to me is, you know, the ridiculousness of the defense. I feel like that's the crazy part. Remember how like it didn't matter, even if it made all the baseball sense in the world to throw this dude a strike. 
they just weren't doing it right. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like bases loaded. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Barry, we're not doing this. It's kind of how it is with Steph. It's like, dude, I, I don't care. Like, yeah, Wiggins, take the back door, lay it wide open. It doesn't matter. Draymond, drive down the middle of the lane and dunk all you want. We're just not leaving Steph. To me, that's the bots comparison. It's like the other team is just so determined to prevent this one person that they're actually killing themselves in the process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Everybody mentions the bases loaded walk to Barry Bonds that Buck Joe Walter called for. Like, yeah, we'd rather face the next guy and give up a run. But the one that gets me is, I think it was 2004. It was either 2004 or 2001. He got walked eight times with the bases empty. The worst thing he's going to do is hit a solo home run. You'd rather have the next guy hit a, hit a two, two run, run home homer run, yeah. than, have, than have Bonds beat you uh, with a solo home run. Uh, yeah. Hey, you had a great piece uh, where you, you chronicled all. Give me the number twenty seven ninety four two nine seven four. I want to get to the number of it in just a minute, but you chronicled every three pointer made by Steph Curry in his career in a piece for the Athletic in, in the regular season. Hold on, don't, don't in the, yeah. <laughs> make that very clear. Well, don't forget the postseason counts for nothing, so we don't uh, we didn't tally those up. Uh, it's so funny to, to compare those. Is there one that stands out? Is there one when you were going over that? I mean, everybody talks about the Oklahoma City three pointer comes across half court. Nobody ever mentions Kevin Durant fouled out of that game, by the way. When he comes across half court, he bangs the three pointer. An incredible shot, the bang bang call. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Is there another one that stands out to you, or, or what's one that you think of when, when you went over this piece? Man, dude, there's so many. <laughs> like there's, yeah, there's, there's there, 3,000 like of yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was so many. There were so many that you just forget about, right? It's The one that kind of jarred me where I was like, oh, I found it, right? I felt like this great discovery was the first time in the regular <laughs> season that he took a three and he looked away. It was against the Spurs, against Kawhi Leonard. He's in the left corner. Kawhi's on him. He shoots the three, and he turns, and he looks at the Spurs bench before the ball goes in, and then he runs down court. And the first time he actually did it was in the playoffs, but as we established, that doesn't count. This was the first <laughs> time like he did it in a regular season game. So it, it felt like I found the needle in the haystack. The other one was the first Deep shot he took. He took a 30-footer, like, uh, I think his second year against Phoenix. And it was like, wait a second, that was pretty far. Because all of them, all spot-ups, all catch-and-shoots, all by the line. And then he just pulled up on one of them from, like, 30 feet. So those, to me, kind of jumped out because you just forget about them. And you felt like, hey, I found this old gym. Like, you dusting it off, right? It's got, like, cobwebs on it. And you're like, hey, man, I'm, this, is nice. this is worth something right here. I'm about to take this to the pawn shop. There's that side court logo for whatever company or whatever the name of the stadium is, Smoothie King Arena or whatever. It's that side logo when you get across half court. That's when I felt like we first started seeing him like, man, he's going to pull from there whenever he feels like. Did you talk to him early on about that, about that sort of development into, I mean, obviously it's confidence as a player. It's the game flow allowing you to do it. It's the coaching staff having that confidence. But what was his take on when he first started shooting from out there? Because he had to have known he could do it forever before he actually implemented it into a game. Well, so much of Steph's journey has been about paradigm and how you think about the game and what's a smart shot and what's not. His first three years, he didn't he averaged fewer than five threes a game. Like it just wasn't considered smart basketball to jack a bunch of threes. And just like everybody else, he had to work through that, right? Like he he felt like a hog when he was taking that, right? Or he felt like it's a bad shot to shoot from there. But he told me um, when he was playing New Orleans and when the defenses started getting really weird, they had won a title, 
And I think he hit him for like 50 or something in the first game or something like that. And the second time he played them, Anthony Davis was out there on him. And it was like AD, right? Young AD. Young AD with uh, uh, the long arms. <laughs> and AD is out <laughs> on him. Like, and so AD is out there. Normally, you know, the people guard the line. But AD was in front of the line, which means he can cover like 28 feet because, you know, he's got the reach. And he like knocked the, the ball range, away. Yeah. And Steph, like, went step back to retrieve the ball, and he turned, and AD is, like, in front of him, in front of the line. Not behind the line like most guys. AD is in front of the line. So he just pulled from where he was, like, 32 feet, and hit it. And he said that moment where he was like, okay, now I have a new answer for what they're doing because people started chasing him off the line. So at that point, he decided – all right, I'm going to step back further. And then what are gonna, what you going to do about that, defenses? Because it was almost <laughs> like they figured, ah, we, we got you. If you remember the Oklahoma City three, right, Andre Roberson is guarding him. But all de- defenders are told, like, you get to the three-point line and you hold your ground. It's just like a nat- – if you play defense, this is what you're told, hold your ground. Now defenses started stepping in front of the three-point line like, nah, we taking away all this, and we, and we see it now. But back in 2015, 2016, that was a revelation, right? It's like, yo, what are you doing out here, sir? And Steph was like, aha, I got my counter. I'm going to step back. But he hit it, and, like, you know, I, I Steph is, you know, one of them dudes who's like, he, he'll do something, and if he'll wait for Steve Kerr to be like, yeah, we don't want to do that, right? Like, he's almost expecting the basketball universe to be like, yeah, man, that, that wasn't cool. But then, like, he hit a 30-footer, and everybody was like, yeah, good shot. <laughs> he's like... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, he came from a different era, right? Like, Steph was raised in the 90s on his dad, so all this stuff is like, yo, can I really do this? <laughs> like, is this okay? And he had, he had to work through that himself in his own mind before he did it, and then he had to deal with the fact that everybody else is like, dude, what are you doing? And he had to get comfortable with it. It's incredible, man, because you're right. It, it only happens because he sort of broke the ceiling that allowed it to happen, right? He he opened up the availability for himself to continue doing it. And then like every other shot he's had, he's mastered it. He's become not just the best three-point shooter. He's shooting from range that nobody else has, uh, has ever seen before. One more for you, just because the competitor that he is. I mean, the fact that he comes back from the injury, I think in a lot of people's minds, definitely mine, should have won the MVP last year because we saw what they were without him the season before. And he's doing it again. It's him or Kevin Durant at this point in the season. But as far as challenging himself, challenging his teammates, do you think he goes after 15? Like, I, I sort of feel like that's the next logical record that Steph Curry will bring. Uh, he went after it in Portland. He wanted it. He wanted it back. He told Clay, well, I think they were in Chicago, and Clay was like close. And he told Clay, because remember, they, they had blown him out. And, you know, I think he was about either about to sit the fourth quarter, or he was about to come out, Clay. And Steph is like, man. You might as well get the record because I'm I'm breaking whatever you do. So <laughs> you might want to get that number as high as you can get it. So absolutely, it's it's the last frontier, right? It's the last thing he needs to do to have all of the titles. And it helps that Clay took it from him, right? He had 13, and then Clay took it from 14. So you know he wants to do 15, and then Clay's going to want to do 16. And by the time they're done, the record will be 22 <laughs> yeah. in a game, right? Yeah, Cannon Curry will be trying to knock down 40 when he gets to the league, right? He's the only hope, by the <laughs> yeah. way. Like By the time Steph's done, yeah, it's going to be it, like. 
It's going to be 5,000 threes. <laughs> and that'll be the baseline. Yeah, that'll be what he's got to top. So, hey, Mark, it's always fun, man. You're the best guy to talk to about Warrior basketball and Stephen Curry. Enjoy the week, man. And uh, actually, I'll see you all week long, man. We'll kick it. So I'll, I'll talk to you later. All right, man. I look forward to our time together. Great stuff for Marcus Thompson. Always great talking Warrior basketball. And, man, Steph Curry etching his name in history uh, even more. And cool that he's a, a little bit older. Obviously, it's a, it's a career record, so you reflect differently upon it. But to look back and think about where he's come, to do it in an era where he was, uh, you know, the stage was set by Ray Allen and Reggie Miller and his dad, guys who he played with and against. Really cool to see Steph Curry break the record in Madison Square Garden on Tuesday night. Thank you to Marcus Thompson. Thank you to Brian, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We've got one show left in 2021. It'll be on Wednesday. We'll talk a little San Francisco 49ers heading out on Thursday night to take on the Tennessee Titans. Probably the toughest game left on the schedule, unless, of course, you're looking at Week 18 down at SoFi Stadium against the Rams. But uh, a warranted confidence from 49er fans against Sean McVay's team down in Los Angeles. So 49er football talk on Wednesday, and then we will We'll take off until the new year. Until Wednesday, everyone enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.